Hello and welcome to Keeping Up Appearances, the luxury podcast. This is the companion podcast for exploring the world of Hyacinth Bouquet in the hit BBC sitcom Keeping Up Appearances. So do come on in, sit yourself down, do make yourself at home, but take your shoes off first, dear. We're ever so grateful that you're joining us. My name's Jonathan Vernon-Smith and joining me for this series is William Hansen. Hello, we're here because we absolutely love Hyacinth and the world of Keeping Up Appearances. So you're here either because you already love it as much as we do, or if you haven't fallen in love yet, after you've finished with us, we're hoping that you will have done. In this special episode, we're going to talk about the ten things that we think you'll love about Hyacinth Bouquet. But before that, we wanted to tell you how the rest of this podcast series is going to work. In each instalment, William and I will take you through an episode of Keeping Up Appearances. We'll be sharing our thoughts on the key moments, taking you through what the show means to us, and I'm sure there might be the odd hyacinth impersonation along the way. We'll be releasing an entire companion series for every episode of Keeping Up Appearances, Series 1, very soon. If you subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, you should get a notification when they become available. We suggest the best way to enjoy this podcast is to watch an episode first and then return to us and listen to the corresponding episode. It doesn't matter if it's the first time you've watched an episode or the 50th. As long as you've seen the episode, you're very welcome to step onto our grade one Exminster and join in the fun. Remember, Hyacinth always comes first. So, William, what can the new Bucket fans do if they want to watch along with us? Well, for those listening in the UK, a subscription to Now TV will give access to every single episode of Keeping Up Appearances until April 2022. Or they can subscribe to BritBox, which is available not only in the UK, but in the US, Canada and Australia. Very exclusive club. And for the rest... Well, you'll just have to do a little bit of research yourself, won't you? Maybe you can get a hard copy on DVD or VHS, or perhaps there's another streaming service available in your country. Or you could move to the UK, US, Canada or Australia. I assure you, all the aggro of moving will be worth it when you start watching and listening along. But we're not talking about one particular episode now. Instead, we're going to take you through ten things that we think you will love about Hyacinth Bouquet. We'll get to know Hyacinth properly as we go through each series of Keeping Up Appearances, but now we're going to give you a head start. First on our list is... It was the 90s. It's a very different time. Yes, it's been 30 years, can you believe, since Hyacinth and her her friends and family came onto our screen. And uh, it was a different time back then, wasn't it, Jonathan? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, do you actually remember the 90s? Not like you will. No. Well, the 90s were a much better, better time, to be honest, because apart from things like a luxury uh, white slimline telephone with last number redial, Mm. we didn't have as much technology... That was yes. that was the extent of technology, really. Yeah, there was no internet. Well, there was, but there wasn't. It wasn't sort of readily available in in most homes. No, I had my first mobile phone in 1996. Just to put it <gasps> in context. 
Oh, one a little fun fact, jumping ahead a bit in the series, the very last ever episode of Keeping Up Appearances ever filmed, one of the plots in it is Hyacinth gets a mobile phone. That was 1995, so you were oh. one year behind. Yes. Uh, well, Hyacinth. I had a, a Nokia. It was the size of a small brick. And that was my first mobile phone. But the 90s were, oh, it was just lovely. The cars were nice. Um, life was nice. We didn't have crime. No, no crime whatsoever. We left our doors open. We played in the streets. We were a simple people. <laughs> but Hyacinth is always continually worried about crime and always clutches her pearls when she's out in the street in front of strangers. Yes. So there obviously was a bit of crime on Hyacinth's Road. But other than that... So. Yes, yeah. I think so. So the 90s were different, and, and it does fill me watching the programme with a with a warm sense of safety, I guess. I, I think I watch the programme now and, and feel quite safe because you sort of know nothing really that bad is going to happen. The sort of the worst thing is going to happen is, is there's a teacup that's going to smash. But, but sort of other than that, meh. It was floral, it was chintzy... It was simple. It was camp. It was camp. Happy days, the 90s. And I think maybe maybe that's why, for some of us, watching Keeping Up Appearances... I mean, it's it's interesting when younger people watch it who, who didn't grow up with it. But for me, when I watch it, it brings back happy memories. It's a, It was a safer time. And it makes you feel secure when you're watching it, particularly in un- unsettled times. Yes, yeah, so so some people listening to our podcast and and then watching the program can view it almost as history homework. I think it's still very relevant. Well, snobbery, and that leads us nicely into our our next talking point. That I think transcends any particular era or decade. I think Britain is a nation of snobs, and well, ev- I think everyone can relate to hyacinth. They either know somebody who is a hyacinth, or they will say. Uh, oh, yes, I recognise that quality of hyacinth in me. I think this is why you and I love her, because Mm. dare I say it, and I know no-one will have ever said this to you before, William, but I think Mm. you and I are a couple of snobs. Us? Snobs? Well, just a little. I don't think that's ever been been said. I mean, you, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if you scratch the surface, I'm, I'm slightly snobby. Uh, down under but everybody is and you see there's there's such a uh, I think it's better to be a snob and know you're a snob than be a snob and not know you're a snob Uh, but they did portray Hyacinth snobbery very very well almost everything that she does is rooted in snobbery in the program and she is rather like a uh, a kind of snobby eccentric aunt that you might have in your family mm. that you'd see just a couple of times a year and you'd you'd look forward to the times where you saw her because you'd know there'd be hilarious stories when you bumped into Aunt Hyacinth. But you wouldn't want to spend too much time with her, really. No, no, everything in, in small doses. And talking of someone who has Hyacinth in big doses, of course, is her long-suffering husband, Richard. Richard! Look at your jersey! And this is the third thing that we absolutely love about Hyacinth Bouquet. Richard, played by the late Clive Swift, who, fun fact, uh, went to the same school as me. Did he really? Not at the same time. There was a bit of a, bit of a difference. Uh, but yes, Richard and I shared a school. 
in the programme, he's the husband that everyone just felt sorry for. And everybody knows someone like that in life, don't they? He's, oh, poor chap, you know, fancy being married to that woman, you know. And it was so much when you saw poor, long-suffering Richard, you just felt so much sympathy for him. And yet, very occasionally, Roy Clark, the writer, gave Richard quite a... Quite a, almost a put, a put down maybe is, is a bit too strong for it, but just some ever so slightly at points he stood up for himself. And because they were few and far between, I think they make him standing up to Hyacinth all the better. Now, our fourth reason why we love Hyacinth. Oh, I've been looking forward to this. We shall give you just a sound effect. Don't spill it on my rug! That is a sound effect of the Royal Dalton with the hand-painted periwinkles. I'm just pouring myself a little coffee in the Royal Dalton with the hand-painted periwinkles! And in multiple episodes, pretty much, not every episode, but but pretty much, Hyacinth has Elizabeth, her neighbour, who we'll discuss shortly, round for coffee. Sometimes tea, but generally coffee. And they drink out of, much to Hyacinth's despair, her Royal Dalton with the hand-painted periwinkles. Now, I have some quite nice china in my house. I know you do as well. But very rarely do we feel the need to say, and this goes back to the snobbery, would you like a cup of tea out of my Wedgwood Signet Platinum, for example? One of the things I love doing is uh, when you go to an antique shop and you know they'll often have an array of fine bone mm. china, I, of- I often think, what would, what would Hyacinth have chosen? Mm. And you go for the, the very floral, chintzy stuff. Something with yes. a flower. You've got to have a flower. It was the 90s. Of course. Flowery, chintzy, lovely. Do you then drop one on the floor and see what the... Yes, I, I throw it across the floor <laughs> just to see what the reaction is. See if anyone catches it. Well, for every episode of our podcast, we will be drinking uh, coffee or tea or maybe something else uh, from our Royal Dalton with the hand-painted periwinkles. And we do have them. I have found it at great expense... Uh, these uh, Royal Dalton cups. But we'll discuss them in greater detail uh, later on in the podcast. We will do. But if you, Hyacinth fans, have your own Royal Dalton, feel free to join us for a cup of coffee during our podcast. Make sure they're clean, though. We don't want any dirty cups and saucers. And the fifth thing we love about Hyacinth Bouquet is her cleanliness. Now, you and I, Jonathan, we are clean freaks. You probably more so than me. I'm increasingly obsessed with a clean house. The other day, at halfway through my dinner one Friday night, you FaceTimed me to show me your new mop. Well, it's a spray mop with a removable microfiber head. And I've actually now bought it, as you know. What isn't there to love about it? I know. No, I think one of the things I... Apart from doing a bit of dusting, we don't really see Hyacinth doing proper cleaning. No. Um, occasion, occasionally, she'll do. She'll sloosh something out in the sink, mm. but it's really only the duster that comes out of her house coat pocket to dust, for example, the wire of the telephone, or occasionally a garden leaf. Yes, the ba- the what... bay tree. She's got a very well dusted bay tree outside the front door. Oh yes. Well, it's it's that that attention to to cleanliness that I think I love, and she keeps she runs a tight ship. She keeps a nice house and i think that's nice it's lovely and it's something that should be commended yes exactly some of these filthy people that live in squalor i'm no fan of that uh well 
Squalor is something that is very much represented by certain sides of her family. And this is the sixth thing that Jonathan and I love about Hyacinth that we know you are going to love. She does love her family. She wishes she doesn't have to acknowledge them, especially in broad daylight. Two of her sisters she finds excruciatingly embarrassing. One of them she's very proud of and, and brags, even though there are flaws in that marriage. Um, but she does love them all the same. There is love underlying her relationships with her family. Should we just explain to everyone who is who in Hyacinth's family? Oh, I think we should. Well, we have to start with the main two, the biggest two, and I mean that in the nicest sense of the word, Daisy and Onslow. They clearly loved a Toby Carvery. <laughs> or four. <laughs> Toby Carvery, for some of our international listeners, is a restaurant where you can go and eat as much roast food as you like. Yes, you can have double meat, I'm told. <laughs> have you ever been to a Toby Carvery? No, no I haven't. <laughs> Daisy has obviously let her general standards go as hyacinths have risen, and Daisy has married... Well, I, do, I, do we call him a bad boy? No, he's a slob. He's a slob. He's a big, fat, lazy slob, but we like him. Yes. And uh, that is Onslow, which is uh, a, a terribly... Um, I don't... Have you ever met an Onslow? <laughs> Someone called well, Onslow. I've never met anyone called Onslow, but uh, I have certainly met people like Onslow. Mm, yes. And living with Daisy and Onslow, squatting with Daisy and Onslow, really is Rose, and she's the youngest... My sister Rose! Rose is the youngest of the sisters, and Rose is unattached, but usually there is a different man on her arm, and usually the man of somebody else. She's a tart. Yes. And she puts it about a bit, to, to put it bluntly. She's a floozy. And again, these are characters designed to embarrass Hyacinth to cause her some mild emotional pain because they're not keeping up appearances, to, to put it bluntly. They are, they are very different from how Hyacinth wishes her life to be. And will, Hyacinth will go to great lengths, as, as we see particularly in Series 1, diving into di ditches, uh, hiding behind walls to get away from her family. However, it's not all doom and gloom in Hyacinth's family, because then her other sister, who I think is the second eldest, that in my head, I don't know if it's ever really clarified, but I think Violet is the second eldest after Hyacinth, and Violet has married Bruce. But they're nouveau riche, aren't they? Yes, and you see, this is, again, this is a programme predominantly about class. You have Hyacinth, who is generously middle class, but I think we'll say lower middle class... You have Daisy and Onslow, who are working class. And then you have Violet and Bruce, who are middle class but nouveau riche. which is Aspirational. Of... Yes. And they have a lot of money. Mercedes, Sauna, room for a pony. And Hyacinth likes to drop that in. Every time Violet phones, Hyacinth has to let everybody know that Violet's on the phone and where Violet is living. And something that supposedly is amazing, although we never meet this character, is her son. Sheridan! Now, Sheridan has an interesting... He's a bit like Maris in Frasier, 
in that you never meet Maris, uh, the wife of Niles Crane. Uh, you only hear about Sheridan. And so I think that's that's a wonderful technique because then we develop our own thoughts on Sheridan as to what Sheridan looks like, how Sheridan acts and walks. But there is one probably conclusion, although it's never explicitly said, that we can come to about Sheridan. He's a scrounger. Oh, that's not what I was going to say. I know what you were going to say. You're going to suggest that Sheridan was a homosexual! Yes. Just because he lives with someone called Harold and likes needlework does not mean he's homosexual! And he's going to go to Iceland to look at the geezers. <laughs> I, do you know, actually, scrounger, I've never thought about it like that. Yes, I suppose he is a scrounger. He's a scrounging homosexual. The worst sort. <laughs> But because he is always phoning up for money. And reversing the charges. Do you want to explain reverse the charges to our uh, our slightly younger listeners? Uh, well, for our younger listeners, so there was a time when, if you found, before mobile phones, if you needed to phone your, your parents, for example, and you hadn't got any money, you would find a phone box. They used to exist mm. in various places with a telephone in. You'd dial 100 for the operator. A human being would answer... Hello, operator. And you'd say, can I make a reverse charge call? And what that meant was you'd have to give them the number and they would then phone, for example, your parents. And they they would say, hello, this is the operator here. I have a reverse charge call from Jonathan. Will you accept the call? And then if the person said yes, then they had to pay for the call. And Sheridan often makes reverse charge calls. Okay, that's reverse charges. Thank you for letting me know how it works, because I've never had to to do one of those. I once tried to make a reverse charge call to my mother when I'd been particularly horrible and she asked me to leave the house for a period of time and she refused to accept the call. She said, no, I won't. I just heard her say, no, I won't, and put the phone down. My mummy wasn't like Hyacinth. <laughs> <laughs> the final sort of member of Hyacinth's family is Daddy! Daddy! In series one, there's a lot of daddy. In fact, he's sort of in successive episodes or some things involving daddy is there a lot. Whereas later on, he's brought in as and when and is slightly spread out. But series one, there's a lot of daddy. And daddy is uh, senile, if we're allowed to say that word. Uh, he is a little bit senile, doesn't really know what he's doing. But Hyacinth in her head... She always sees the best in people. And she is pretending that Daddy is perhaps just an eccentric. She'd have him live with her if it wasn't for the dribbling. Exactly. And of course, with Daddy being a little bit senile, mm. he's what we used to call, back in the good old days, a dirty old man. Yeah. He likes the ladies, and he likes the ladies in an inappropriate way. And actually, when you... This is a common theme of the comedy throughout. But looking back now, through our more politically correct eyes, a lot of Daddy's behaviour would have him on a sexual register. Yes. And it's... I wouldn't say it's uncomfortable viewing uh, today, 30 years later. There are some other characters, perhaps, who, who wear it slightly more... 
uncomfortable now because they are fully compassmentous, whereas Daddy is is clearly losing his marbles, and so there's a he sort of lost accountability ever so slightly. I suppose you could argue that one, um, but but yes, it is it is played up to comic effect, and we must remember that we are watching something of the time. It was not made yesterday. We'll be back with more of the reasons why we love Hyacinth Bouquet and why we think you'll love her too after this short break. Okay, back to the next of our 10 things we think you will love about Hyacinth Bouquet. She always makes an effort. Now, I love this. She can't just... For for some people, if they want to make a cup of tea... Stick the kettle on, mug, tea bag in. No, not Hyacinth. If you've noticed throughout, she will produce the entire set of china for mm. a cup of tea. For breakfast, again, you see Hyacinth, she will lay the table, tablecloth, toast rack, the whole, the whole job. And I like that. She knows that life is short, but she wants to do things properly. And I think that's something that's completely gone. Uh, out of life today is that not enough people want to make an effort and and everything is a cost-cutting time-saving device and and people want to do the bare minimum but yet reap the the maximum reward now you you like a tablecloth for breakfast don't you i do and i've actually become um i don't know if i'm even more extreme than hyacinth but i now lay the breakfast table the night before Mm. so when i appear in the morning the breakfast table is all laid up, ready for me just to sit down, uh, pour myself a nice cup of coffee in the rolled altar with the hand-painted periwinkles and start my day in a luxurious way. And do you have half a grapefruit? I have taken to squeezing a whole grapefruit. Oh. Where do you squeeze it? In my squeezing machine. In your squeezing machine? For, for grapefruit juice? Well, you can squeeze any soft fruit. No, but, yeah, but what do you do with your grapefruit? Squeeze it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but Something Hyacinth has a grapefruit in that lovely grapefruit bowl, the glass bowl on a, on a stand, uh, on a foot. So, but you don't squeeze that. You just cut it in half and then use a grapefruit spoon. Oh, yes, you got, yes. I mean, the, or, or sprinkle it with some sugar and then use a grapefruit spoon to, to eat it. But I, no, 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 I like to squeeze mine and have a glass of freshly squeezed grapefruit. So, yes, we, we like that. We like the fact that we are watching a programme that reminds us to make a bit of an effort. Um, mm. Do you, When you... Actually, something my partner has detected, when I finish watching an episode of Keeping Up Appearances, I might slightly take on an element of hyacinth and start speaking in a way that Hyacinth would. D- does that happen to you, or, or have you watched too many that's just become your life? No, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just quite like Hyacinth all the time. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. No. The world would be a better place if everyone else was a bit more like Hyacinth. I, I completely agree. And putting effort into everything, including her outfits. And this is our eighth thing that we love about Hyacinth. When she's leaving the house, not so much in the house... She does dress like a certain member of the royal family in the late Queen Mother. Particularly the hats. The hats, and they were made by the same milliner as the Queen Mother's hats. That was a deliberate choice on on part of the costume designers. Always wears hats and gloves wherever she goes. 
and um, actually it's quite easy to replicate what Hyacinth wears and, and so much so that you and I were able to do that when we uh, went shopping for our Hyacinth outfit. Indeed, so I live in the country as you are well aware, William, mm. you live in the Wicked City. And in the country, we are a simple people. And we do things like make scarecrows. So I decided that um, I would make a scarecrow of hyacinth bouquet. And I thought, who else can I invite to help me build hyacinth? So I phoned you up. Naturally, you jumped at the opportunity. You were here in a flash. And we went shopping for the outfit for the Hyacinth Scarecrow, which led us to the beautiful town of Hemel Hempstead. Gorgeous. A plethora of charity shops are all over the uh, the high street in Hemel Hempstead, and many of them seem to be full of frocks that Hyacinth would wear. It was remarkably easy to find a Hyacinth outfit. I thought we would be there for hours. Well, we weren't, were we? We got the whole lot done, including her outfit, her hat... Handbag. Handbag, beige peep-toe slingbacks and two white gloves. Yes. And a pearl necklace. Hyacinth loves a pearl necklace. (laughs) We did find everything, actually. You're right. We did find it all. And and thus we dressed up your scarecrow and... um... She lives in the loft now. When you're least expecting it, William, I shall suddenly produce her. Oh, I can't wait. I'll have to be well composed. And that composure coming from the ninth thing we love about Hyacinth, which is her love of etiquette. Now, obviously, this ticks a big box for me. And as as I think I've said before, I was shown an episode of Hyacinth when I was very, very young. And I think that was seminal that and obviously my grandmother giving me a book of etiquette age 12 that's why i think i do the job i do because in the opening titles and the closing credits we see hyacinth read a book of etiquette but doesn't she get a lot of the etiquette a bit wrong well she doesn't i mean in the opening titles and the closing titles actually when she rearranges the pudding cutlery she gets that spot on so that's a huge tick (laughs) (laughs) you've got to wait to the end of the closing titles to see that but she does get it right and her table setting is generally quite nice when we do at the rare occasion. I think two occasions we see the table. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she she does get a bit of the etiquette wrong. Whether that was deliberate on the part of Dame Patricia or uh, or the writer, I don't know. But, yes, there, there are quite a few etiquette faux pas. So I would say to people, especially people that love etiquette, you know, don't look to keep your appearances to learn etiquette. You could look at it to sort of spot where there are faux pas and learn from that rather than using it as a textbook. But she tries. That's the main thing. Everyone loves a trier. God loves a trier and more people should should try. Oh, yes. I mean, there are some people, they eat their food on their laps, William. Oh, poor, poor people. They don't even lay the table for dinner. <laughs> what Onslows. Mm. And and I think I, I like the juxtaposition there between sort of the two sides of life. You have a hyacinth. You're, are you a hyacinth or are you an Onslow? Where do you fall on the spectrum? And obviously you and I, we're, we're sort of hyacinth, maybe even beyond hyacinth. You never know. I think so. Hyacinth would definitely like us. Yes, 
We're respectable. If we were her neighbours, we would definitely be invited to her candlelit sessions. Constantly. And we would have no... There would be no pressuring us to go. Oh, we'd love it. We'd love it. And the, the final thing that we love about Hyacinth and, and talking of people that get pressured into going is her relationship with other people. Her, not, not her family. Her, well, let's call them acquaintances, her friends, her neighbours and people within the, the, the parish. In particular... Her neighbour, Elizabeth. Elizabeth! Now, this is really rather sad, isn't it? Because Hyacinth thinks that all of these people are her Mm. friends. But actually, I don't think Hyacinth has any friends because I don't think anyone really likes her very much. And it's a shame because she thinks they all do, but they're all just a bit long-suffering, aren't they? They would do anything, really, to avoid her. Well, there is somebody that does quite like Hyacinth, and that's uh, the Major, who we'll discuss uh, as as we go through. But everyone else, including her next-door neighbour, Elizabeth, is long-suffering and tries the best to, to avoid Hyacinth. Although Elizabeth is probably the one that avoids the least. I mean, she sort of slightly attempts to, but doesn't really go through she just says oh, all right fine and and goes along with it i think she has two problems elizabeth firstly she's she's very kind and secondly she's very weak mm. yeah you know that's why she keeps going round isn't it because she just she can't bring herself to say no if she if she was given the choice she wouldn't go round whereas we would we would genuinely be her friends william yes to the point where she might be quite bored with us hyacinth could confide in us Yes, and we'd, we'd be friends with Sheridan. <laughs> I'm not lending him any money! But maybe that's why we need to do this podcast, so we can be friends with Hyacinth. Maybe. Do you not have enough friends? Not that I like Hyacinth. <laughs> Apart from me. Apart from you. But you don't look quite so good in an A-line dress and a peep sling back. The thing is, I sense that during this podcast, hmm. we are going to meet... Many people around the world who love Hyacinth as much as we do. And if they don't, they will do. Absolutely. We are a broad church on this podcast. We either want you to be a big bucket head who already loves keeping up appearances or a bucket head in waiting. Someone who is going to love it as much as we do within only a couple of episodes. And that is all it will take, really. So now you've heard why William and I love Hyacinth so much, hopefully you're convinced that you'll love her too, if you don't already. So if you want to keep up with the bouquets and our discussions about their world, you can hear William and I chat through every episode of Series 1 very, very soon. Remember, if you want to know when all of the episodes are out and available for a listen, make sure you're subscribed now. And if you're excited to hear what's to come from this podcast, well, why not cut the faff and give us a five-star, five-star luxury rating and review now. Until next time, cheerio. Goodbye.